warning. The guest episodes on License for Love are experiences, expertise, and views of their own. The diversity duo is in no way liable for actions or advice one takes in their daily life from our guests. Our purpose is to give everyone a voice to be understood, not necessarily agreed with. You're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels Harris. The heartbeat in relationship conversation. Sexy, beautiful, let your hair. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jax, and I'm with my good friend, Lauren Michaels Harris. Hey, hey. Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris, and uh, we're very excited about today. (laughs) We're very excited today about this episode that's called Just a Kidney, right? Is that all? Um, our guest, yeah, it's at all exactly. So, uh, it, our guest has an amazing, an amazing story. I know I say that week after week. We're so blessed, but it's true. But um, Lauren, how the hell are you? I'm, I'm awesome. I really am. I mean, I'm still, as you can tell, channeling Louise Jefferson. Um, George, you know, my voice is still not completely one hundred because I won't shut up. I won't shut up and let my throat heal. I went to the ear, nose, and throat doctor the other day, and he was like, well, if you just stop talking, you'd be okay. Um, not going to happen. But other than that, I'm great. Good to be alive. Good to be alive. Yeah. What about you? So, are you? Uh, you know, uh, navigating some stuff, because, uh, you know, we like with you, uh, and in our audience, you know, our whole goal here is to be as as authentic as possible. And uh, stuff I can't really uh, talk about, and I don't know if I necessarily will unpack on the show. But um, some family emergency stuff came up, and um, so yeah, uh, made an eleven hour trip from uh, Nashville to Virginia, and and uh, working through some of that. I appreciate you appreciate you asking. Um, yeah. But yeah, just, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers. Well, I got nice. something else to ask because they can't see it, but I can. Um, that is quite the hat. That looks like, oh, you, like you know, an, a country music award night hat. Oh, well, thank you very much. This is my summer hat. So uh, unless unless you really know a lot about being a an authentic cowboy. Um, typically, you don't wear a felt hat in the summertime. You normally wear something that is made out of straw or something like that. Straw. And that the binding is is put together so there's more breathability. You know, when you're out in the summer. That looks like so a church I appreciate hat. the compliment. That hat looks like a church yeah. hat. You know how you had church clothes yeah. when you were little. Go get that's another right. church clothes. All right. That looks like yes, a Yes, that's right. Yes, well said. I love that. And I will say <laughs> something. I do know a little bit more now about cowboys than I did, well, even a week ago. Why? Because my husband Brian and I were binging on that Kevin Costner show, Yellowstone. Oh, Yellowstone. I love it. 
I have not started yet, so no spoilers. Oh, it's so good, and I swear they got a black cowboy. They got one, so I was like, okay, that means I could do it. But I, I don't know. They still haven't brought in a gay one yet, so uh, I don't think I'll stay off the horse until I find out how you know. So, but I love what cowboys do. You know, they really they have a lot of um, uh, different things that they have to adhere to. You just can't say I'm a cowboy. I didn't know that. You have to really live it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So you, again, I'm going to ask. So are you a self-proclaimed cowboy? Or, I mean, like, are you for real, for real cowboy? Um, I would say that I have done plenty of farm work. I've put plenty of fence posts in. I have rode horses all over the country. Um, do I currently own my own ranch? No. Is that a lifetime goal to work uh, own a working horse farm? Absolutely. Um, I have drove cattle, so I guess you could say that. Can you, you know, rope? Uh, I, what's that? Can you rope? I can't rope. <sighs> I'm just honest about it. Here's yeah. one. Here's one. Have uh, you ever helped deliver an animal? Any animal? Uh, I have been a part of the process of a cult coming into this world. Yes. You have? You know wow. how you gotta put on these you gotta put on these big long gloves and you know, and what's crazy is is when they're born, um Mama doesn't do much. Like, it's just kind of crazy that they just kind of get up and start, you know, you, you, you let a calf okay. come out and see if you want to do anything else. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, I'm so grateful that on that show and all movies where I've seen a calf being born, they always show the face of the person who's got their hands all in there and not like over their shoulder. I don't think I could take it. I mean, like, looking head on. I couldn't do it. Oh, my God. Well, it's, also, it's also a, it's a scary process, too, you know, because it it's not like we're in, in humans, right? It's like push, push, then maybe the doctor comes in and, and does something like in this. You're guiding and you've got to feel. I mean, there's a there's an absolute technique to it for sure. Wow. You know, have you seen a real, both, both parties could be hurt, you know. Have you seen a real baby being born? A human? Uh, I've seen two real babies being born. You have? Yeah. Two sons, two babies. Did you freak out? Tell the truth. You know, I didn't. Uh, I will oh. say this, you know, uh, obviously I've been in therapy for you know, two years, going on two years now, this, this next stretch. And for a long time in my life, I thought that I might be a sociopath or something because connecting with emotions with myself and feeling things, I interpreted things intelligently. You know, I was able to, to, to determine things, but I, I, I didn't feel very much. And I can recall that the, the three times that I really felt in my life were uh, when my sons were born and when I got down on one knee and asked uh, Linda to, to marry me. 
And I told my therapist all of this, and and the way she explained it is is that with the with the PTSD, the compound PTSD, um, it takes so many good things to outweigh or outbalance the bad things, literally chemically in your brain. And so those events were so profound that they cut through all that hard layer of thickness and callus and, and was able to to reach my heart, which I thought was really cool. So it was it was mm. the most amazing uh, experience uh, of my life. Well, I'll be taking your word on it. Although I can say, because I watch another show called, it is, I, no, I don't just watch television. But when I do, I have to watch things that, you know, I can watch when I want to. You know what I'm saying? You know, I can't get hooked on every Thursday at seven o'clock, be sitting there. So um, call the midwife. That's a PBS show that we love on Sunday nights only because it always makes you cry. So Sunday's the best day for that. Um, and they show a baby or five or six being born every week. And I mean, you see, it's, I don't know how they do it, but it, it's very interesting. But I don't think I could be in the room. What's that I, like for you? I'd pass out if I was there for real. I'd just go. You think so? I know so. Needles and blood. I, I cannot. Uh-uh. Nope. Nope. Pass out. I, I, I don't know. I I don't know. I, I think it. I, I feel the same way that you do in some some regard. Before I actually went through the experience, mm -hmm. but it's a lot different. Like when you're in the mix, like you're. It, it takes on like a whole different kind of vibe. You know what I mean? No, but I'll it's take it for it. Yeah. Well, that's cool though. I think that's great though that there's some 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 dots that you can connect as far as um, those moments that you know you'll never forget. You know, I call yeah. them fond memories. So, so was it like that way with you at all? I always like to, to bounce the idea back up off of you. Like, have you had moments or bouts or was, was there a time when when feelings just didn't seem available for you, especially joy and, and hope and things oh, yeah. of that nature? Yeah, when I was buried beneath depression. Um, absolutely. Um, I was grateful that I didn't feel anything, you know, or so I thought. Um, but man, every week you bring the thunder, like every every time, uh, you know, I was just listening to episode four, uh, Active Duty for Mental Health, and man, you had some profound points in that, and, you know, I love that, where you were like, you were thankful to not feel so you thought at the time. I, I just think that's brilliant. Well, yeah. You know, because trauma, especially when you're a kid, you know, I think it, it automatically, something automatically would take over for me to protect me. Um, interestingly enough, it's actually a place that, I don't know if you'd say it was my psyche or what, but whenever there was some extreme trauma, and there were quite a few times um, in that entire leg of the journey known as foster care, where it was so horrible that if this other thing had not automatically clicked in, took over, um, and it always felt like I was in this room 
um, but I couldn't see anything in the room, but I felt like something greater than me was in the room with me. And only thing that I could feel other than nothing was the, the, the world's best cool carpet underneath my feet. That's how I knew I was in that safe place because it's like, oh yeah, that carpet's underneath my feet. And I've actually talked to another foster kid once and she said, that happens to me except it's grass underneath my feet. And I just stay there wiggling my toes, my toes until I come back to the present. And it's really interesting. Um, and I today I can still, you know, go to that place, but I go there like say when I meet a kid who tells me something yeah. that they've not told anyone or and it's similar to those same experiences, um, I can go there with them. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. Feelings. And and I love that um, as a lead in as far as what we're going to be talking with our guest about today because I can't wait to get to this girl to find out how she made and continues to make these types of decisions that are just so, so free. Yeah, because it's it's kind of an interesting connection because when you think about it, you know, we're talking about giving life, right? Babies being born. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, we have this amazing shift for our guests today that's so cool because she's literally giving the opportunity of life in a different way. You know, I, I have thought about it and pondered it and thought about it and pondered it. And, and, and unless it was a family member uh, or, or someone that was an absolute desperate need, there is no way in hell that I could give anybody a body part. I just, I don't think I could do it. Yeah. I don't know. I, for me, I've never considered it simply because... You know, I invested so many years in destroying my life, killing myself that I figured who'd want any of these old junk parts, you know. But if yeah. let's just say everything in a perfect world, would I I'm I'm with you. Even with a family member, I don't know if I could do it. Um simply because I think, I think if it was one of my kids or yeah. if it was Linda or you or you know someone that's really really close to me that that I have a a lot of uh, relationship with. I, I think I absolutely would consider it. Would consider it. But that's not what Lindsay did. If Lindsay didn't give her kidney to just you know uh, for a particular you. purpose in terms of her own sphere. She just gave her kidney. Uh, in relationship to this dove cause. And I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I can't, I mean, I'm literally just going over in my mind because you don't know what anybody's going to do with that kid. Well, what do you mean? Right? Do with it? Well, I mean, they're gonna go they and, get it, you, you know, like re-gift it and Thanks, Lindsay, but you know, I don't need this kidney after all. I gave it to my cousin Sheila. <laughs> I mean, what do you mean? What are they gonna do with it? They're gonna live. I'm just saying. 
think about that. That's not what I mean. Like, what I mean is, it's like, what if they're, you know, what if they're shit bad? You know, what if you give them this beautiful gift and, you know, I don't know. We'll get her in here. We'll unpack it. Uh, We're going to go to commercial. I'll tell you this before we go. And it's not just a gimme. It's anything. A gift card. Money. Opportunity. I believe more than the thing that we give, the lasting thing that continues to keep giving is the spirit in which you gave in the first place. I think that oftentimes is even holds more weight than the actual thing. Just my thought. You gave me goosebumps on that. We'll be back right after these messages with our amazing guest on this episode called Just a Kidney, right? Back in five. Just a kidney? Be right back. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat and relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message. Let's ride. Hey, y'all, you're with uh, Cowboy Jax today, and I am with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris, who is uh, still on the recovery train and is channeling Louise Jefferson in his own words. And you are listening to our episode, Just a Kidney, right? So before we get her in here, um, I've known uh, Lindsay for a long time. Uh, Lauren's going to give us a little ditty on her, but um, I always mess up her last name. She'll probably laugh at me because I always mess up her last name, but I do believe it's Gutierrez. So Lauren, take it away. Okay, well, before I get into the intricate details about our guest, Lindsay, I wanted to just throw this out um, regarding kidneys and kidney donors. Um, I found something that says that on average, a living donor kidney can function anywhere between 12 to 20 years And a deceased donor kidney can improve quality of life for 8 to 12 years. Also, patients who receive preemptive kidney transplant see a number of benefits, especially for children and adolescents with end-stage kidney disease. So there's a whole bunch of stuff tied to it. But our girl today, so excited to bring in Lindsay Gutierrez. And she's a wife. She's a fur mom. I'm assuming that means some type of an animal. Um, oh, <laughs> ringing the bell. She's also a veteran of the Air Force. Love her. Go Air Force, aim high. Da, 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 da. Okay, she's a social worker. And wow, living, she just threw this in the middle of all this stuff as if it'd be like, you know, okay, no big deal. Living organ donor, pageant queen, storyteller, mountain hiker, and so much, much more. Lindsay's mission is to show the world that you can do anything that you set your mind to, despite the visible and the invisible scars that you carry. I love it. Love, love, love all of that. So yeah, that's who we got today. Lindsay Gutierrez. Hey, girl. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on y'all's show. Oh, my goodness. How are you doing? Good. Y'all are cracking me up with just the discussion on organ donation. <laughs> y'all are a cracker. Oh. I love it. 
we will we will make a commitment to you on one thing on this show, faux show. Number one, sometimes you may laugh, sometimes you may cry, sometimes you may say, what the fuck? But at the <laughs> bottom, uh, the bottom line is, is we keep it real on this show. So we are so excited to have you on License for Love. Um, how, how are you feeling health-wise uh, since the surgery? I'm feeling good. It's almost one whole month post-donation. So the anniversary date is May 25th. And it's a learning curve one day at a time. I'm figuring things out I can and can't do and my limitations. And it's a definitely a, a challenge between my mind and my body right now of what I want to do, what I can do, what I shouldn't do. It's a whole mix of things going on. Is that even in your vocabulary? Like, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know you to even utilize the word can't at all. <laughs> That's a good point. It, that's where the challenge comes in of my mind is telling me things that I should be able to do and I need to get up and do it. When I start to do that, my body says, you need to sit down and rest. And we listen to our body, right, Lindsay? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, so for, yeah, right. So for our listeners, I think a really cool lead in on some of your story on this first half is tell us about your fur babies, because even though the audience can't see, I can see Lauren hair, uh, Lauren Michaels Harris face, and uh, I want to hear, I want to see his face when you describe the fur babies that you have, because there's a there's a unique dynamic there, now isn't there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is. We have two dogs, one cat, four chickens, and three pot belly pigs, and my pig Pearl is the first one that we rescued, and she's my best friend. So Pearl and Templeton both live in the house and all three are rescues. They are potty trained. They know tricks. They are better than raising kids. I'm telling you, they have sounds that they use. They, they are intelligent creatures. And then our third pig, Oreo, he loves to live outside. We tried bringing him in. He wants to be outside. So my husband built him a house with air conditioning and he spoiled. They are spoiled. <laughs> the audience can't see his face, but y'all can understand something. I'm from the country, <laughs> Lauren's from the city. He is just beside himself. It's right not now. just that. It's a black thing, too. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, there are very few black people where we grew up and they allowed anything other than a bird, a fish, or a cat in the house. So even a dog, we were like, oh, they have a dog that lives in there, but not so much anymore. But three pigs? Yeah. They're very clean. Yeah. They cuddle with me. They're the sweetest. I love them. I swear, if you met them, you would fall in love. They are amazing babies. How do they bathe? So I actually give Pearl a bath. She comes in the shower and I give her some peanut butter and we just bathe her like you would a dog because she's heavy. She's a thick girl. She's about 100 pounds. So I can't lift her into the bathtub anymore. She has to step into the shower that we have in our master bath. So we give her peanut butter to just eat while we're giving her a bath and just suds her up. Wow. You know, Lauren, like Brian does you. 
she would. That never happened. Hey, what kind of meals do they eat? Fruits and veggies. We feed them an organic pig feed to provide the nutrients. And then, of course, snacks throughout the day like Cheerios. They go root outside in the yard. I let them out to go to the bathroom. No meat. They are, even though they technically could eat meat, my babies are vegetarians strictly. So here's a kind of off question, but I really want to know. Yeah. Have you ever smelled pig gas? Yeah. Well, you know how your cat or your dog will sit up there and fart right there in front of you. Yeah. I mean, is it like the worst ever? It's it's bad. Yes. I and it. I'm not I joking whenever I say they fart like people. You can hear it. And it is loud. Pearl, she doesn't care. She just lets it go. She she's a classy lady. I, I, I promise y'all. <laughs> the what the fuck and 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 it has now been officially delivered by Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris right now. <laughs> just of saying. all the things that he could ask, that is the question. That's the one because I'm picturing like if I was ever to spend the night at Lindsay's house, mm-hmm. and what would be my biggest fear, and it would be getting fart on by a pig. <laughs> and she's done it. She has sat with me in a chair and farted on me oh, before. Shit. And looked around she's like, I don't know where that came from. Yeah, she looks at me or else she'll just stay asleep. It doesn't matter because she's asleep and whatever Pearl wants, Pearl gets. And that's just what happens. And she just nonchalantly, like nothing happened, farting all over everybody. Oh yeah, Pearl's got, inst- Pearl's does Instagram, Pearl does Facebook, mm-hmm. like Pearl's <laughs> everywhere. Really? That's my girl. So yeah. Lindsay, oh, yeah. Can I ask something? Sure. Do you feel because I'm sure you've had this this um special bond with animals probably the majority of your life, mm-hmm. which speaks to the manner in which you love. And that's a really important piece that I didn't learn until maybe well, less than 10 years ago, um, mm-hmm. I thought I would never get married. I thought I would never be with anybody. And it wasn't until someone pointed out to me, well, look around your house, Lauren. You don't have anything living. You don't have any plants. You don't have any pets. And so I started with, they gave me some clippings off of four plants in their home. And those four plants are huge and they're thriving in this home right now. But it was because of that that I went to a fish, Bowser the fish, who has since gone on to glory. And then after I was successful with Bowser, I got Lucy and Ethel, who are seven years old now, and our kids here in this house. And after them, I found my husband. So I really am always interested now more than before um, about that relationship and so the reason i asked that to you about the manner in which you love and and receive love from anything that can give love i think it must have something to do with why this decision to just give a kidney mm-hmm. to john doe jane doe was so easy for you or was it easy mm-hmm. it was easy and i love my fur babies, I love my husband and my family. And those that are closest to me really understand my passion for animals. 
And so when this came up, just in the nature in which I, I channel that energy, it made the decision almost immediate. I knew it was something I was, I wanted to do. I really had no additional thought to it. It, it just kind of came to me and I thought, yeah, this is what I, I need to do. I need to do this. Of course, I had those important conversations with family and friends, but yeah, it was kind of instinctual, I guess is the best way of explaining it. Okay, so here's what I'd like. So what did wait, Mr. Wait, wait, real quick, oh. because okay, I can go ahead. No, I will, I will. But I gotta know, can you walk us through what the first five minutes you said it was automatic, blah, 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 kind of sprinting right past it. <laughs> but do you, I'm sure you remember the moment it came to you, what was it like? What did you say to yourself? What did you ask yourself in those first five minutes? Like, I would go, if it was me, oh, I think I'd give a kidney. My next thing would be, what the hell? I'd be like, in the world, where'd that shit come from? Right. But what was it like yeah. for you? Did you go like, Do I, am I serious? What, what was that like, the very first five minutes? So when I saw the ad in the Defense News magazine, it hit me as in, wow, not only am I donating an organ to, to somebody, I'm donating it specifically to a veteran. And that is what sold it right there to me. I didn't have to have an intake or anything like that to convince me. And you shouldn't be convinced as well. This is something as a very personal choice. You know if you want to after you have those discussions and the intake. But for me, just seeing that ad right then and there, I knew that was it. I knew it was something I wanted to do because that seed had been already been planted in my mind months before from a friend of mine who told me her friend needed a kidney. And even then, as soon as she told me that, I said, or not a kidney, excuse me, he needed a liver. And as soon as she told me that, I said, let me know. I'm O positive. I know I can give. I know I'm healthy. So I really thought back to that within those first five minutes of seeing the ad, I thought I wasn't able to donate my liver then or a piece of it then because this person luckily recovered and was whoa, able to whoa, get away. Whoa, 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 time out, time out, time out. <laughs> yeah. Did you just say a piece of your liver? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Even I know that. Yeah, you can donate a piece of your liver. You can even donate some of your lungs as well. Mm -hmm. If you could only see Lauren and I's face as she keeps <laughs> unfolding this stuff, like we are like hell to the no, yeah, no motherfucking way, like not this life or the next. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So we're going to go to commercial break. Um, but when we come back, we are going to talk to Lindsay a little bit more about unpacking this first half of it. And then we're going to get into Dove and what she's doing with them. So. We're back in five right after these messages. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat and relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message, let's ride. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax and I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris. Good evening. Would you like to say it? Good evening. Uh, and we are having a blast today. Normally I'm queuing up adjectives like amazing and all this stuff, but we've either been laughing our ass off or be say, been saying what the F is going on here. 
uh, with Miss Lindsay Gutierrez on this episode called Just a Kidney, right? Now, before the break, Lindsay, you were kind of unpacking that there was just no question about it. And then you started going into this Frankenstein shit where you're like, yeah, you can give part of your lungs, you can give part of your liver. It was like, Mm -hmm. you know, let's get as many uh, parts out there as possible, which is really bizarre for me. And we'll get back to that. But I want to back the car up just a little bit, just like Lauren always likes to say. Um, And I want to know how Mr. Bug... And, and please explain to the world why you call him Bug. Mr. Bug Gutier- Gutierrez uh, felt about the situation of his wife going under the knife like this. Naturally, Anthony, who I call Love Bug, but Bug for short, had reservations, just as any normal person would. Immediately, his question was, is it going to limit your length of time here on Earth with me? And is it going to affect your quality of life? Those are the big questions I always got asked by every single person. And we had a serious discussion about it. I included him on the follow-up intake with Sharon from Dove and made sure that his mind was at ease. If anybody wasn't going to be on board, it would have been him. And I would never have followed through with this because he's the one person I would have made sure was on the same page. And once him and I had that discussion and we were able to really get him to understand the, the answers to his questions, he was all on board. He was happy to support me. So before we get to Dove, and, and honestly, I, I think that's amazing. Uh, Lindsay and I, I think Anthony is, is the shit. He's one of the coolest cats I've ever met. I love the mm-hmm. dynamic that you have in your relationship. Thank you. Um, let's talk a little bit backstory here because I want people to understand uh, who exactly is giving their kidney away. So first of all, let's talk about the degrees that you hold and what you're pursuing um, academically because that's quite impressive. Sure. I have a master's in social work and a master's in human relations. And then my undergrad is in theater. So totally different types of degrees, but it was life experiences that drove me to understanding what I really wanted and ultimately landed me in the realm of advocacy and social work. And in that advocacy and social work, um, you have done particular uh, things in traumatic brain injury, among some other things. Talk about that a little bit and why that was so near and dear to your heart. I was involved in a vehicle accident rollover that caused a minor TBI to myself whenever I was deployed in 2014. And so knowing how that affected me and not knowing what it was or couldn't really put a name to it or explain to people at the time, even a few years after I separated from the Air Force, drove me to want to explore that. And so while I was in my master's program, I did a whole project on TBI and even had a great discussion with you and I, and we connected about that. And it was really awesome to understand that I wasn't crazy. I wasn't going out of my mind. I had a traumatic brain injury. And so a lot of things started making sense and adding up and allowed me now to be able to plan for some of the things in life that that happen. 
maybe my memory is not as great. So I need to adjust for this, or maybe there are some other situations that come up that I need to give somebody a heads up. Hey, I had a, a TBI, so I may not be as quick to think I can still do life as normal, but things may just be a little bit different for me now. And, and that was a, you know, that was a, a bonding moment for you mm -hmm. and I, um, because we worked together on other stuff in, in other projects. Um, but that was great because it was awesome to see your, your spiritual growth there. So I, I wanted to make sure that the, the listeners in our audience, especially community neighbors, uh, non-veterans had an opportunity to see the world through the lens of a U.S. veteran above and beyond the typical stereotypes, right? The, the prejudices, the things that, you know, you and I have unpacked before. So, so now we talked about your education. Now let's talk about Miss Gutierrez as Miss Veteran America and what that advocacy was like for you as well, because I know that women veterans are near and dear passionate thing for you. First of all, Lauren's face is just cracking me up over here with his reaction. I, I just realized I know you. Oh, thank you, Dr. Lauren. From, from winning that, that, that badge. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You also know her too from a little music video called Leaving a Light On. That's right. Lindsay was my co-star in that music video, which was one of the first things that I sent to you. Wait a minute. That wasn't her dancing in the gazebo with you. Mm -hmm. It is. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> was, was Linda in your life then? <laughs> no, Linda was not in my life then. Although hey, Lindsay and Linda are awesome. No Linda. Shining <laughs> through those windows known as your your eyes. I'm just kidding. Well, oh, was there a Mr. Gutierrez then? Yes. Yes, there was. A Mr. He Gutierrez. Was right, off the, right off the set with a shotgun. <laughs> One wrong move and that hat's going to have a hole in it. First the hat, <laughs> then the head. So Anthony um, loves Jax. I'll tell you that. Loves oh, him. Yeah. We, we've uh, we've got to meet a couple of different times, and I think that awesome. he's just, I, I love his love for his wife. You know, as I, as I continue in the journey that I am in my relationship and, and getting engaged and finally finding, you know, true, wholesome, healthy love, they are absolutely a couple that I look to. First of all, because is Anthony, is he still in or? Mm -hmm. He is. Yeah. He is. So, yeah, so we might have to have him on the show at some point, but he's he's still in and she's a U.S. veteran and Linda and I are both U.S. veterans. And so there's something, there's a dynamic there with that U.S. veteran uh, couple or that service member and veteran couple that just kind of give you this, we should do an episode on it. I think it would be good. There's this, this, there's this bond or there's these nuances that, that kind of create a, a different environment and a different dynamic. And man, he loves the hell out of his wife. Like there's no question about that. Oh, really? Thank you. He was, but, um, I got a question. Yeah. Because I know we got a million questions for her and yeah. not a million hours to get it in. But can I, can I ask, Okay. Can I ask you um, a logistical question about your donation? Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. 
when you know you you told us and we all hear about you know have to, you have to make sure you're match and all these things but i was wondering how do they look ahead to say like well is there kidney disease in your family history because just because you're healthy today mm-hmm. what if 15 years down the road the kidneys start going bad in your family lineage or something the history of it did they look into your family history to see um, if you really should give up this kidney because you might need it your damn self one day? Yeah, that all questions that come up during my discussion with the social worker and my care team. And these are questions that are constantly asked over and over again before the actual donation is approved. And I would, I gave all my family history I donated more blood and had more tests run on me than I have ever had in my entire life. So there was a lot that the doctors and the lab technicians were able to draw from, not literally draw from my blood, but that too, but they were able to take from all the testing that I did. So there had to have been more things I wasn't able to see because my, my, my charts would pop up to show after a test would be run what it was. I had no idea. I'm not even in the medical field at all to understand it, but there was a lot more behind the scenes that I wasn't privy to during those discussions with the medical team. So I'm confident there was something additional that had to be done, but there was not any discussion one-on-one with my family members or anything like that. It was just with me and then all the medical technology did what it needed to do to make sure I was viable. Is, is, does it make a difference, Lindsay, for a woman who um, may still want to have children um, to give a kidney? Is it they say, well, you know, yeah. you might not want to do that if you want to have more kids. Did they talk about that at all? They did. It, it was brought up. And there's really no no changes unless you're looking to get pregnant then it's advised to wait at least a year post donation but in general once you donate you are able to live a healthy life there's really no change other than just my energy level right now which everything everything will get back to normal but my kidney is going to increase at least 25 to 30 percent to accommodate for its missing friend so i once this whole healing phase I'm not. No, it's it's a fact. It will grow in size to to compensate for that loss. Did you know? Did you know that, Lauren? Because you were like, yeah, that's that's how it rolls. Like that's no. kind of like you had on your face. No, but if I thought it was consistent throughout our body, I know something. I might be willing to cut off to grow. <laughs> Never mind. Um, man, no, that's <laughs> yeah, look how long it took for it to hit Jack's. Um, that's what I love. All of a sudden, you yes, see the light now. Yes, because because I am the I don't know the the resident uh, naive person or whatever. I don't know. I, Lindsay knows me. She knows that I have brain damage, so sometimes the train just rolls on through and. I know that I should have got on it, but I didn't get on it. Okay, so anyways, <laughs> I can't get over that. Okay, Lauren, all right, well, center back on track. Now, my next question would be, um, was there ever a moment leading up to getting ready to go in to where you could have said no? Or is there like, a, a process that starts and then once that starts they've let you know hey look you're you know you're you're locked in we've we've spent the money on these tests all that sort of kind of thing or or 
And the other half of that is, was there a time right before it was go time that you were like, eh, fuck it, I'm out? There is at any point during the whole process an opportunity for the donor to say, I no longer want to do this. I could have been sitting on the, the table about to have anesthesia and I could have said, I don't want to do this. And they would have stopped the process. And I bet and that, it happened. Yes, yes. And and I don't know if it has ever happened before. I'm sure that it has. I'm, I'm positive it has because it is a whole lot of emotions going into this. But I felt really calm. Of course, I was nervous because I just wasn't sure what was going to happen. It's a major surgery. You just never know what's going to happen whenever you're under anesthesia. But I felt confident. I was in the hands of people who knew what they were doing. These, uh, the, my surgery took place at Mount Sinai. So I was at the best care possible in, in the hospital terms anyway. And I was, I, I felt good. I felt really relaxed and my, my team just made it very easy for me to go into this. The only thing I, I hated was having to wake up early and not getting a chance to get coffee before the surgery. Mm. I couldn't have anything to eat or drink. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that would be the yeah. one thing that would go through my mind is that yeah. I don't get fucking coffee in the morning. Yeah, that was a gangster girl. Yeah. Okay, so let's get. You got one more? Yeah. Go ahead. It's go ahead. Really good one go too. ahead. How often do you get to ask these questions to somebody? Right. So, mm -hmm. so Lindsay, um, the person that received your kidney was a veteran. So my question is, was this the national donor list or is there a separate one since you were both in the military, you know, um, right. you being a veteran, is there a separate list where it was just veterans or how did you get to the point where you could say, I, I want to earmark this. Oh, there's another, another body part earmark this kidney um, for specifically for a veteran. How, how does that work? Well, there's actually a, a national donor list and then there's different nonprofits or organizations you could say that might specialize in who the recipient is. And so you, you really have an opportunity as a, the donor to say, this is who I want to donate to. You can be very specific in your criteria. Dove as the nonprofit who facilitated the donor with the recipient the donor can be a civilian or a veteran. The recipient is always a veteran though. So I knew I just wanted to, to donate to a veteran. I didn't care who it was, what their history was or anything like that. I just knew that this is who I wanted it to go to. And so Sharon made the, the connection and the pairing, which ended up being a chain donation of four of us involved. And we were the first in VA history for this to have happened. Wow. So, so we're going to have to, we're going to have to get you back on the show. I mean, when Lauren and I first started this, we were like, okay, an hour, Ooh, it's going to be hard to fill. But our last three guests has been, it's been crazy how quickly the time goes. Right. Um, we need part I just two want you to get, What's that? We need a part two with Lindsay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll, and we'll sort that out. But real quick, before we get you out of here, I want you to talk briefly about Kilimanjaro um, and and where to find more about if you want to donate or you want to receive, especially as a U.S. veteran um, in a couple minutes or less, if you can, please. 
So if you're looking for a donor uh, just to go through, I highly recommend Dove. It is the donor outreach for veterans and they specifically, again, pair you with another veteran if you are looking to, to donate. And for recipients, highly encourage you to check out Dove as well. And Anthony and I are actually gonna be hiking Mount Kilimanjaro next March. We're gonna be summiting on World Kidney Day. And the idea is to raise awareness for living organ donation and Dove to showcase that no matter what you're able to, to do in life, whether it be with a missing part, a certain situation that's happened in your life, anything at all, you can still overcome these obstacles and, and hit that peak of the mountain. Awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. My Lindsay, last, last thoughts. Oh. Yeah. What's that, sir? I just want to ask, Lindsay, is there a difference between a boy kidney and a girl kidney? There is not. Actually, my kidney... Funny enough, I, I couldn't send you guys pictures too. I have a picture of my kidney and you would never be able to know where it came from. My kidney, uh, for people who don't know what I look like, I am a white 39 year old woman. My kidney went to a black 50 something year old man and you would never know who who received it. Wow. Yep. Okay, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to do a part two. Yeah, we're <laughs> gonna have to do a part two, part two. Okay, real quick, Lindsay. And you see the racist donor who finds out that. Okay, no, 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 no. We'll have to get it. We'll have to get in that. We'll have to get in that at another time. Okay, seriously, we we love to have you uh, back on the show. Um, obviously, some this is why I'm the cowboy for this show because I'm wrangling that doctor in every five seconds. But no, in all seriousness, just one quick word of advice or anything you want to say before you get out of here. Anything that I can do to help spread awareness of organ donation and the importance of it is really why I felt like I was placed in this position. And I would love for people to, to follow my journey. I've been documenting it since day one. So you can find me on Instagram at Lynn's underscore Gutierrez. And then of course, uh, my project, the SCAR Initiative at, at SCAR Initiative on Instagram and then Facebook as well. And you can follow me with my pageant journey along with this as my platform at Miss Georgia AE or Miss Georgia American Elegance on Facebook. Oh my God, I'm in that same Thank you, Ruiz. We Yay. can't thank you enough. Um, you're amazing. Uh, I've known you for several years. You just continue to impress me over and over again. And you've obviously won the heart of Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris. And we are very excited to have you uh, on, our, on our show today and we look forward to segment two that will be in touch soon. We'll be back in five folks with the wrap up of Dor <laughs> Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris and Cowboy Jacks. Back in five. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jacks. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat and relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message, let's ride. Hey y'all, we're back and you are with Cowboy Jacks and my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris, because I got tongue tied. I don't know why I couldn't say that uh, going into the break, but our episode today was called Just a Kidney, right? Lauren, mm. what did you think of today? I'm staring at my notes. 
looking at all these questions I still have unanswered. And it's just so interesting. I mean, I knew what this was going to be about today. And still, certain avenues opened up inside my mind as far as a need to know well after Lindsay came in that I would have never thought I'd have any interest in. But one thing just led to the next thing, which led to the next thing. And I mean, because I, I wanted to ask her about fear, you know, because, you know, the only real fear is when it is something that is uh, threatening your physical um, existence, you know, that's why dopamine and adrenaline and the hair stands up on your neck or on your arms, or you say to yourself, your instincts kick in, you go, uh, some just doesn't feel right. I better get out of here. All those things. Yeah. Fight or flight for real fear. So, but any other fear, oh, I'm scared of the workload. I'm scared. I won't get the problem. Those aren't real. That's fake shit. Right. But she was in such a unique position because like she said, once you go under anesthesia, that's she, the real fear stuff would have kicked in on me. Like, what if I don't come out of it? What if something happens? What if my blood pressure spikes? What if, what if, what if? And I just wanted to ask her, I can't wait till she comes back about how did you walk around and just stare down that real legitimate fear? That had to have been in there. It had to have been. I don't care what anybody said. How could it not be? You know? Well, what I thought was interesting is, uh, you know, and just in her true fashion, you know, she spends, this woman's literally given a body part to someone else. And she spends all the time talking about, you know, not about her, the things that she loves. Like she loves Pearl. Pearl was one of the first in the mix. And then it just, you know, continued to grow. And, and all that kind of stuff. And that's just, I, I think that's what real, you know, heroes that put the her and hero um, are really all about is like, it, it really just comes natural to be able to, to do these kinds of things. Now, I will say, I really started getting a little tripped out when she was like, oh yeah, you can give a part of your lung. Uh, you can give a part of your liver. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, not for me anyway. Well, but, um, you might say yeah. that, but in my, your, your perspective could change. I mean, how do we know she didn't yeah. say that once upon a time? She saw an ad and it changed yeah. everything. But again, you never say never. You know, I always say, don't say who will and who won't, because you'll get surprised every time. But I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I was like, ew, uh-uh. Uh, you know, I can't even go donate blood anymore. I haven't since I was like 30, um, because they told me, quit coming. Find another way to donate, because it takes you too long. Because every time they come at me with that big horse needle, you know, I'm like, okay, wait, 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 wait. It takes hours and I drink up all the orange juice and I eat up all the cookies. So I'm thinking, okay, I can't even do that right. How in the world would I be on an operating table and you look over and you see all those implements and everybody's all masked up and, oh, I, I you got to be, a, I, I wanted to tell her I didn't get a chance, but definitely, clearly. Lindsay and people like her, they're anointed. They're anointed people. This is a calling. Just like Gandhi had a calling or Martin Luther King had a calling. 
look at the thread of the women that we've had on the show. And I know that it starts oh, to sound like a redundancy to some, but Jiminy Christmas, we've had everyone from someone that needed a, a double lung transplant right. to a, a woman that has uh, a baby, a touring artist, and is the wife to special forces. And then now today, yet another extraordinary woman who we didn't even pack unpack half of everything that she's going on and and in one year she's going to be summiting count you know mount uh kilimanjaro well and here's another thing you know here's another thing even though we didn't see her we heard her now i'm just recovering from having had covid and and i'm like every little move uh, uh, i mean trust me i'm gonna let you know you know oh and you've been grumpy uh, uh, and you've been grumpy you know, um, but yeah. if she hadn't told us, she's not even a month in yet. You know, she probably still has stitches and stuff and, and getting up and sitting down and all the things that hurt a little that remind you and you would never know it. You got to be a special person to do this. You just do. I respect it totally. Mm. You know, and, and you made a point that I love because, you know, if you're just tuning in to like what License for Love is all about and what the inspiration for Lauren and I was in doing this podcast is, is we really got sick and tired of the world bitching at each other instead of listening to each other. And so one of the things that we focus on is do I judge a book by its cover? Right. And so Lauren asks the question, does it matter boy or girl kidney which i thought was cool for the lgbtq plus community right and then lindsay hit us with another double whopper and was like oh yeah by the way my kidney went to a man who's a different skin tone than i am so all you all you people out there that uh feel like leading with these prejudices and this segregative thought process and pointing your fingers at each other Today, it was proven 100% that it does not matter what is out on the outside. It is on the inside. That literally. In, literally. In episode, literally. Right. You know. Yes, absolutely. It, and, and I'm so glad you asked that question because at first I didn't, I didn't necessarily like know where you were going with it, but that's kind of how, you know, our personalities with each other roll. But um, when you asked it, the epiphany, I was like, we got to get into that when we start to rap. So, mm-hmm. um, man, I'm just, I, I hope this show moves people as much as it moves you and right. I, because we really are talking about the, the cultural forefront across the board on this show. Mm-hmm. You know, I, what else I would love to know about donors? Like if I was going to donate something, I'd be like, okay. I don't know how much they can tell you about the recipient or not. Clearly, you can get some info. But for instance, if you gave a piece of your liver and it's, oh, yeah, it's going to Herman Miller out in Boise, Idaho. And then you find out he sends you a letter and says, thank you for that piece of liver. Man, I can go back to drinking six cases of Jack Daniels a month. Thank you. You know what I mean? I'd be like, you got it. Well, you know what I mean? If I would want to know. Yeah. Like, well, I think that's what you meant. Like, what are they going to do with it? Absolutely. You know I what I mean? I thought like, it was funny how you were like, wrap it up and give it to somebody else. 
Yeah, because you don't think about that. People are on on list, tons of people. And a lot of people, their stuff just failed. But there are people who abused who are on those lists too. And you wonder like, well, who deserves it more or less than the other? Whole nother conversation. But when you're in that role that Lindsay finds herself in, um, how could it not change everything in your world forever? You know, because when she gets older, she's going to still have that story. You know, when that gentleman that got the kidney passes on, I guarantee you somebody in his family is going to send her something to talk about. Thank you for giving us this extra time that we had because of you. He was able to see three additional grandchildren, two great grandchildren or whatever else will happen because he can now have the opportunity to continue life where before it was a crap role, you know, a roll of the dice, whether I can sitting so on that list, will they ever call me? You know, will I reject it? Oh my goodness. You know, would, so, would you give me a body part, Lauren? Yeah. If I got to pick what it was. <laughs> I'm black. You're white. We know what to, you. We know what you would request. On that, uh, on my, that, my nose. Um, my nose. Get yourself I, out of the gutter, people. Um, you know what? I, uh, yeah, get little perverts out there. Seriously, though, I will answer that. If it was a matter of life and death for you, and it did not shorten mine and quality, like Lindsay said, her husband asked. Um, I would. I would too. I, I would. I would absolutely um, consider consider that. I mean, obviously, Brian would supersede. Linda would supersede. My boys would supersede. But you know, there, there's just there's something to be said about the bonds that you create. Well, folks, we're a little bit over time, uh, and we appreciate you taking the journey with us today, um, Lauren. Last thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I want to send this out to. Lindsay and all the Lindsay's out there, whether you've done something like this or you're considering it or you just respect the people that can do it. What I love that Lindsay gave me today was this as a veteran, you know, we go in and we're willing to die for anything and for anyone inside this country. But what I learned from her today was we also had the opportunity to live for something. And afford someone else the ability to live for something, primarily tomorrow. So, you know, next time you want to bitch about this is a shitty day, think about what you heard here on this day. That's all I got. I love that, doctor. You know, folks, uh, my final thought for today is this. Um, Today, you constantly hear all these stories about suicide and homelessness and and PTSD with U.S. veterans. Right. And today you heard a story about a U.S. veteran who is willing to even now be able to possibly alter her quality of life in some way because we don't know what the future may be in order to give someone a better quality of life today. So when you think about U.S. veterans after you listen to today's episode, I want you to think about how many different facets and opportunities as community neighbors, non-veterans that you have 
the opportunity to create a wonderful cultural relationship with U.S. service members and, of course, our U.S. veterans. I'm Cowboy Jax. And I'm... Who am I? <coughs> I'm Lauren Michaels-Harris. And my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels-Harris. And we'll see you next time on License for Love, the heartbeat in relationship conversation. Take care, y'all. Bye-bye. To License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels Harris. The Heartbeat in Relationship Conversation.